Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to the podcast that thinks we might be brewing for a massive fight this week. <laughs> that fight is going to reflect the critical response that has happened to the sixth in the Jurassic movie series, Jurassic World Dominion. My name is Tosin and I am the host. I am up in the Midlands near Birmingham. And joining me on the Isle of Wight, no, 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 no. Joining me in the south of the country, on the south coast, Bournemouth, is Sean Harris. Hello. And joining us from London, a London correspondent, Ollie Nestle. Hi. So what we do in this show is we usually go to the cinema each week. We see three, well, um, we see three films, oh, well, usually three of us. We see a couple of films at cinema, rate them out of five, see stuff at home, rate them out of five. And we use this as a sort of like weird way to try and figure out where has the money been better spent this week. Has it been better spent in cinema or at home? You will excuse me because you might hear you hear a little bit of cuteness in the background. And that is my daughter who is joining us for a little while today. Unlike Sharon, who is not joining us for the first bit because she has not seen Jurassic World Dominion yet and does not want anything to color what her ideas of this film are going to be before she actually goes to see it. So, shall we kick off? And pretty much the only place that we can kick off this week, what is what is billing itself as the big release, and that is Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, what is up? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so Jurassic World Dominion. Now, now, Holly, I will let you take this away and let you give us a prezi and tell us this. Uh, I'm thinking that this is going to take us a while. We might be 15 minutes on this film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Holly, you take it away and you tell us what is Jurassic World Dominion all about. Tell us what the tell us what the setup is in this film. Okay, it follows on directly from uh, Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Or it was that forgettable. Oh. The second one, <laughs> Jurassic World, the second one, um, which saw um, Maisie Lockwood, the um, uh, the apparent granddaughter or daughter of. Um, Somebody who's Grandpa Lockwood. Name I've forgotten. Grandpa, Grandpa Lockwood, played by James uh, Cromwell, who had who suddenly released a load of dinosaurs in the US. It was thoroughly believable, and I would you know challenge anybody to dispute that. So, on on one one goes, and uh, you establish that uh, the main characters are all you know still kicking around together. Uh, Chris Pratt and um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are living up in a, a, a mountain, you know, in the middle of nowhere with um, with Maisie, who is being sought for by many, many people because she is believed to be uh, the first ever human clone. Um, and at the same time, we have um, the uh, the original uh, key characters of. Um, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler getting in touch over the sudden arrival of uh, giant locusts. Um, all of this is, you know, thoroughly believable. Um, it's somewhat difficult to say much more without giving away <laughs> things. Without going, without going to spoiler territory. Yes, so, exactly. So, Blue the Velociraptor has had a baby. We know yep. that because that's in the trailers, so that's fine. And uh, and in one of the trailers, there is a, a promise from um, 
Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Owen. Owen Brady. That he will. That Owen Brady. That he will get Blue's baby back. So I think there we are. There we are in in safe territory, and we also have the uh, the return of Ian Malcolm, the um, uh, great proponent of chaos theory, and all of these original points are brought together uh, into um, into one single film, including some other little, you know, it was asides. It it was the the thing I particularly enjoyed about it was the way it brought things from everywhere into one place, um, which I found to be an absolute delight, including, you know, sort of minor characters from the first film who are suddenly much more significant in this one, um, all of which I found rather, rather joyous. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, right. So, okay, that is that is Holly's take. Holly's take on it. So you you found that joins that whole thing coming together. Now, um, we've had a little bit of a sort of like tete a tete, shall we say, on our WhatsApp group about this. And uh, so I think it it shouldn't be a spoiler for this review to say Holly is a, Holly likes it. Sean, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, on the other hand, and I'm, I'm going to come in as a sort of like a sort of arbitrator. I think I'm going to be playing a role as a bit of a, ooh, what's that called? A mediator. A mediator today. So every now and then I might say, okay, 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 let the other one talk. Let the other one, you made your point. But Sean, so that is the setup of the film. Yeah. Um, so dinosaurs all over the world. Dinosaurs are side by side by humans. And then stuff happens. Um, so Sean, go away. Okay. What did I... you take away from this film? What was your, what was your, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, what was your okay. problem with this film? For me, right, the, the problems here was this, to me, was just a film that was there to make money, to make. It was just a pure one. There was no real effort put into it. Because um, I watched, like, when I watched the whole thing and there was two scenes where there was stuff going on and you looked at the others in the background and I'd say that Chris Pratt just looked like he just did not want to be there. He looked so wooden. So, and Sam Neill, Sam Neill the same. You could see he was just there to get his money. You could see that, but I, I didn't believe that he fancied, you know, what, what the other Ellie girl Sattler, was. Ellie Laura Dern's character. Jeff Goldblum was just totally loving and hamming it up and stuff like that. And also, <laughs> it, it, there's so many inconsistencies in the film. If you make a fantasy film, I've not got a problem with fantasy films. If you keep the consistencies, you keep... I mean, I even think in the Marvels one with the, with the vision, that let that down a bit because it lost a bit. But anyway... So there's sometimes you've got, we know how fast raptors are. I mean, blimey, they can chase motorbikes and things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so fast, and yet some people can actually run from them, you know, when you think <laughs> if you can go as fast as a motorbike, they get you before you've even got, like, two yards down the road. It should be noted that a man has just won the Man v. Horse annual race. So I don't think anything should be yeah, around. Yeah. Okay, I can understand, but someone in high okay, heels... Okay, 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 yeah, well, okay, so what you're saying is if you had Usain Bolt in a Jurassic movie, he might have a chance. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. So, you know, uh, so so some of this... That, and it was just like... To me, there was... I mean, like, the believable thing with the, the, the Chinese dude, I don't even know his name, who we mentioned, Giant Locusts, and mm. I just thought, what was that? And, and at the end, you know, he's, he's like... He's like, oh, oh, you know, oh, I'm so, so, for someone who's supposed to be on the ball and that, it's like a little, little wimpy type thing. You've got Steve Jobs, 
I think it's funny. It's funny though how all of a sudden you know how in the eighties the bad guy in movies was always some Russian dude, and then yeah, it's yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays it seems that the bad guy in movies is always some tech billionaire who is trying to do something that is going to destroy mankind. Like that is. Who had featured in the first film? Yeah, he, yeah, th that, that's the because there, there was there's one particular line that Jeff Goldblum says that is a callback to the first film. That's a callback yeah. to Jurassic Park. And when he said it, I was like, "Why is he saying it like that? That must be a callback to something." And it wasn't until that I realized that the main pro, the main antagonist in this film, who runs a company called Biosyn, who's a guy called Dodson, is the, if you remember the first film, he's the guy who Dennis Nedry speaks to at the beginning and he's at a, he's like a cafe and he, he goes he's trying to hide his face and dennis andrew goes dodson it's dodson you see nobody cares and that 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 is that it was the same person and i thought that there were some touches in it that were quite that that were nice but sean we'll let you get back to your rant before i come That's back right, yeah i mean i didn't feel i had no thoughts about any of them really i didn't empathize with them i didn't sympathize with with, with any of the characters whatsoever um I know one about going back to the other one. There's like the the shaving can, isn't there? Really, and it was like, yeah, which was, yeah. which was quite interesting because that was a precursor to. Because I was wondering, mm, which one, which one, and then when when the can oh, comes, think, oh, you know, it's like one. it's like which because yeah, because I have to, I have to say there are some things that are just really really predictable. There's some things that are really predictable, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like uh, so, as you say, when the shaving can shows up, yeah, <laughs> like I, I know you, you you know something's going to happen when the shaving yeah. can shows up. You're like, okay, I know exactly how it's going to happen now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. sure enough, it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... <laughs> okay, okay. Now, 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 this is a weird thing. This is a weird thing because I think that there are some people who managed to see Jurassic Park for the first time in a cinema. And this first time you saw, yep, yep, Holly, I think, remember when we interviewed you for our lockdown in interviews? Slough. I think, I, I think. in Slough with my aunt when I was 12 or 13. Was this actually one of the first films you ever saw in a cinema? Probably the third or fourth. Yeah, it was one of the first, I remember that. And the, and I think the first time when you see the Bronchosaurus, the Brontosaurus in Jurassic Park, for some people, that is the moment they fell in love with film. For some people, that is the Wizard of Oz turning from black and white to color. So there is a really, really emotional attachment to the first film. I did yeah, not yeah, see the yeah. first Jurassic Park in a cinema. Totally understand. Totally understand. Yeah. yeah, I did not see the first Jurassic Park in a cinema, so I don't have as emotional an attachment to it. No. I thought that the first one was good. I thought that there were some really genius points. I mean, yeah. for yeah. I mean, forever the the glass of water with ripples oh. going through it that is just genius. That was, was just. I had yeah. nightmares about it for years afterwards as well. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, John. Yeah, I was just, just, yeah, no, I was just saying that actually towards the beginning, there's a bit at the beginning of the film, which I did really, really like. Let's just say bridge, um, you know, big tractors, big, I, I always used to call them brontosauruses, but I don't know what they're called now, but or yeah. brachiosauruses or like whatever name they've got. Brachiosaurus, um, yeah. Yeah, that so that that bit with the with the lights on the machine, I quite like that. I know that was. Not oh, really yeah. I just thought that was, I, I, yes. I thought that and I thought, yeah. oh, you, you, so, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I like that bit, and and also the the although they've nothing to do with Jurassic, they were from the the Triassic or another one, but the in the cave bit with the with the diamond. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes, they yes. was always when I was when I was a nipper, those those diamond for some reason with the big fins were always my favourite favourite type. And I had I had some top trumps, dinosaurs, top trumps, and I was used to like that one, <laughs> although it wasn't particularly good. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean. I, I, I didn't hate the film. Don't get me wrong. I, mm -hmm. I didn't hate the film. I just had quite a few issues with it, and I didn't. 
I wasn't totally immersed in it. Um, and I think the films gradually, which you posted that thing on our, on our thing, I thought that explained yes. it. I thought that was absolutely inspired, and that's I, I, exactly the way I see it. I, I think I think I understand what they were getting with this picture, and we I can't even describe the picture. But it, it, I can't even describe the picture. I think we'll just have to post it somewhere <laughs> on, on like a Facebook or something. But some, it was something I saw on Facebook where somebody had compared the Jurassic Park movies to the pictures of a well-drawn horse. <laughs> and it starts off with like, you know, a nice artist rendition that you could see in, an, in a museum. And by the time you get to the sixth one, it's a child's doodle on the back of a napkin or something <laughs> like that, what a horse looks like. And uh, uh, the only thing I would argue with that is that I feel like this one is way better. It's such an improvement on the last one. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I thought, was a forgettable slice of film, which is like most people, you can't even remember what happened in it. But is that the one? Is that the one? I mean, you just you see exactly, one, exactly, exactly. Sean, the fact, the Sean, the fact that you started this by asking me, is that the one? Tells you everything you know about that film. <laughs> yeah, the, but I'm just saying, is that the one with like the greenhouse thing where the dinosaurs yes. walking across the greenhouse? Yeah, that's that the one. one? Oh right, yeah. okay. Oh, the, I, walking uh, across the, the greenhouse at the outside of yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it's, yeah. I remember it because I I will rewatch anything, and yeah. in principle, I needed to rewatch it all of the previous ones before going yes, to see it. I, on the other hand, thought that Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is a film that I'm never going back to because because <laughs> I mean it has some shots in it that I think I think the final shot of the Brontosaurus in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom I think is beautiful, but then the rest of the film happens, and uh, so. <laughs> So, but but I think a big a big thing that that gets me when I was watching this, I was wondering. So, in a Jurassic movie or a Jurassic series or whatever it is that we're calling them now, so is the film about the dinosaurs or is the film about the humans? And I think that is a question that comes to the heart of what is wrong with this film or what this film struggles with. Is that is the film about the dinosaurs or is the film about the humans? And if it's a Godzilla film, I mean, on this podcast, I have I have spoken for ages saying, if you're going to give me a Godzilla film, give me fewer humans, get rid of the humans, give me Godzilla, because that's what I came to see. I came to see Godzilla. I came to see Godzilla doing his thing. I don't care about the humans. The humans are pointless. And in this film, I think that they had that, there was that thing is like, is this film about the humans or is it about the, about the dinosaurs? So they do a lot of work to try and get the humans like holly you were talking about getting the old cast back in the cast from the first uh -huh. one back in and i think that they do a lot of bending over backwards to get them into the film in a way that i'm not so sure you needed to because mm. because the, the the essentially the section of the film that the old cast come in pretty much has nothing to do with dinosaurs no it, it, it has nothing to do with dinosaurs and is this whole espionage thing that they have come up with just to get them into the film <laughs> and and the 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 and, and the problem with jurassic park is that when you think about it at the heart of jurassic park is is corporate espionage because oh. the first film dennis nedry dodson the reason why this whole thing started is corporate espionage and the bits about the new trilogy that have worked i think that there are the bits where they lean into that so where they lean in, like you were talking about things that make sense. Like I really like Jurassic World because I was like, that does make sense. Even though all this terrible stuff happened in the past, somebody will still see money and somebody will still try and get that park up and running and get that park operational, and it would still make money. And at the end of the last one, where they went, well, because every one of these films, they 
kind of like try to end up in a park situation where you're hiding from dinosaurs and dinosaurs are trying to hunt you they come back they, they always come back to that and i was really hoping that with this one they would open it up a bit when they said dinosaurs living amongst humans and the first bit of the film when they show you snippets of what that is like like sean was talking about the brontosauruses being in what looked like an like an alaskan oil field and how people have mm -hmm. to deal with the fact that like you're trying to do your job and then a dinosaur's just gonna walk in there what do you do about and i was like i was really intrigued with that but then they shove the dinosaurs off the screen for a large part of the running time they come up with this corporate espionage thing where it's locust with with dinosaur dna they and it becomes all about like you know, this sort of like uh oh evil corporation and as you said steve jobs mark zuckerberg kind of guy who is going to try and just do his own thing and not realize that the world is burning while he does that in some cases literally <laughs> so <clears throat> so they do that and then every now and then they just throw a dinosaur at the screen they just throw a dinosaur at the screen and the the final confrontation is uh, okay i don't want to say much about the final confrontation but yeah they, no, i was going to say i was going to say just sorry to come in here tozen because yeah you, you've nailed it exactly there was one moment we call it the good the bad and the ugly scene yes Where i thought i thought do you know what hey hey what is 30 seconds oh <laughs> <laughs> there were there were a lot of moments where a bit like that. I mean, the fact that that I mean, and there were so many attempts to sort of like you know hark back to the to the legacy because obviously nowadays yeah. we're getting a lot of legacy sequels is what they're being called mm. sequels to films that were made over twenty years ago. And like you had it with Scream, and you're trying to bring the old characters back in, even though they might not necessarily need to be there. And there there were bits so much so that there's a character played by Dewando Wise, who is the pilot, who is the pilot in this film. I mean, her, her motivations, character motivations do not exist in this film. I'm sorry, but Another character character. motivations do not exist. And I still don't uh, know what the point of her was, but, yeah, well, but I have like, no think, issue with the fact that I don't know what the point of her was. No, no, I mean, that's, is, the, that's the key differentiator is, is must. I see what the point of her was. They needed a way to get from A to B. But well, yes. what, I, what I don't see is why she helps them. And, and th there was, it was actually going to a point where I felt like, okay, you're going to find out that she is going to be the granddaughter or the daughter of the only black character in the original Jurassic Park, the Samuel L. Jackson character who says, hang on to your butts. That, it got to that point that I thought they're just going to try and link everything to everything. And when they do the, and they have the Jurassic World series has had this thing where every single climax has come up, has come up to and I don't know whether they're trying to comment on their own film, but essentially there's the new. There's the new that we haven't seen before, and then there's the old. And the old from the old franchise triumphs over the new. As if you're saying this new thing will never be as good as the old. <laughs> and I'm not sure if they realize that's what they're saying. I'm not sure if that's what they realize what they're, that's what they're doing, but that's what they've done. And it's... I, I, I mean, I must say in the one, I, I don't know which one it was, but the fight between Rexy and the, the, the Raptors was probably one of the better. That yeah. was it. Whatever one that was in. That, that, was, that was the first one. Yeah. What's <laughs> rather interesting... That was the first with, one. With, ...with the sort of the differences between them is the first one was based on the John Grisham book. And yes. it does deviate in some significant ways from the book. Michael uh, Crichton. Michael Crichton book. Michael Crichton, yes. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Uh, I'm, go I'm going to spoil the end for you. John Hammond dies in the book. And frankly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. better that he does. Um, yeah. That I feel they got... They got I, I think I think they, they kind of gave John Hammond they gave Dennis Nedry John Hammond's death in the film. Yes, or similar, not quite. Yeah, yeah, not quite, but very similar. Yeah, it was the uh, and you had and you arguably had you know John Hammond was was sort of wasn't quite in it for the money, but sort of was and was 
foolish. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you, but one of the big things about the first one is that the predominantly the dinosaurs were the enemy. Yeah. Almost exclusively. Yeah. You know, with you know some very obvious exceptions. Um, the T Rex, um, the Jurassic Superman. And, and yeah. you just you don't have that. That's where it starts to shift in what the. I think it's either the second or the third. It's one of the one of the uh, original Jurassic Park ones. They start having. I think it's the third one. I think it's the third one because the second one is still loosely based on an, on Michael Crichton's um, yeah. sequel to Jurassic Park. Yeah. So so uh, and and the thing is so with this film, I mean, Sean, what you said about people being wooden and all that, I have to agree with you about Sam Neill. And because I was looking mm. at Sam Neill and I was like, was that the Alan Grant accent he used in the first one? I'm not sure, and and he. Some of these characters don't have much to do in the film. No. They they don't have much to do in the film, and it is it's kind of like it is a nostalgia thing of let's get these guys back on screen. And I know that a lot of the reviews I've think I've been talking about isn't it great to have them back on screen? Not does it make any sense for them to be back on screen? No, no. it's just isn't it great to have them back on screen? You and... see, I'm in that camp. I'm in that. Isn't it great to have them back? I don't need it to make sense. Yeah, yes, yeah. And, and, I'm and not is... looking for logic here. And, and this, this is the thing I'm saying. I, I think, and I think it's roughly those who saw Jurassic Park for the first time on a screen have this emotional connection to it. I just want to see Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, Ian Malcolm back on screen again. I think, I, I think they were they. I think the Ian Malcolm character, the Jeff Goldblum one, where he ends up is the one that makes the most sense. <laughs> as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, one, it's one that makes the most sense to me as to where he would end up. Um, the... I don't think in the, within the, at the point where they re-enter it, I don't think there's any issue with where Alan Grant or Ellie Sattler are at their point in their lives. I have some issues with where Alan Grant is. Because Alan Grant is a man who has... He has he has been in well what's the word he's been in uh, uh that they studying studying dinosaurs for his whole life he's been trying to find out about them find out more about them and now dinosaurs are there they're not in a camp they're not in a thing that he has to get access to they are in the wild he can go and have a look at them he could go and be working with them he could go and be doing something with them and he isn't and that really makes me think why they they they, they seem to try very hard to just have him be in the same place that he was at the beginning of Jurassic Park. And those are the kind of things where... So, so the, the, I mean, I'm with Sean in that I actually enjoyed... The, I was, there was bits of this one I was in general. I was like, oh, this isn't as bad as Sean made it out to be. There's the, and the scenes that I liked are the ones where they, would, where they showed you what would happen if you had... I mean, even when they talk about there being a black market trade in dinosaurs. Yeah, that would happen. That would yeah. totally happen. You have like dinosaur farms. That would happen. Have people having dinosaur kebabs. That would happen. And all those bits where they show you this world that now exists with dinosaurs and humans living by. I, I liked that. And I wanted to see more of that film. The mm. bit where they said, okay, it's going to be all about dark corridors and us running away from dinosaurs. And I was like, oh, for goodness sake, we have seen this. We have seen this. And it has been done by Steven Spielberg. So you are not going to do it better. So. <laughs> So why don't you do something different and show us, like, you know, uh, people who have figured out how to incorporate a T-Rex into a game of American football or something. <laughs> I mean, sh show me show me the team in America that has gotten, that has now got, like, you know, Velociraptor as their mascot. I want to see that. <laughs> that would be a really, really good team. Yeah, ex 
exactly. Oh no, someone who someone who has oh show me how they've now incorporated the Olympics so that you actually have like you no know, the Dino Olympics where you have the Velociraptor chasing against the oh the, the, the other. I mean, that, I want to see that film, but they kind of just go back to give you what Jurassic Park is and what it's always been and give you its greatest hits and not that well. But it's so anyway. Well, anyway, Sean, you've been raising your hand for a while. I'm not sure if I've yeah, said no, no, no. I'm, I'm sort of. I'm, it's one of those things. Normally, normally, I'm, I remember what I was going to say. I was trying to. Think, oh yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, when they go to the the complex, you know, yes. it's so convenient. All the stuff. It's just like, you know, me and my thing. It's like, oh, they've all come together. Look at that. It's like, oh, oh, oh. It's like we've we've tripped, and oh, there you are. We were oh, looking for right. you in this entire okay. forest that we just happened just to fall in the right place that you are. Miles and miles and miles and miles of stuff. It's like, oh, well, how am I ever going to find my mum and dad? Oh, there they are. Convenience. Convenience. <laughs> the convenience of it was, was yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, I think, and I think that came about because they just didn't have a good way to get all the characters yeah. in the same place at the same time. And I think they made a decision where they said, look... People don't. Some people don't want logic. They just want these people to be together. Yeah. yeah and I think I think they've hit their target market with Holly, and yeah. maybe not so much. Maybe not so much with Sean and I. But because I, I just yeah. But but I mean I was just thinking going. I was thinking who who is this film about? Because you because you've tried to go for both things and you've ended up not developing the dinosaurs enough for us to care. You've ended up not developing the humans for enough for us to care. <laughs> and it's and it's like. Pick one, dinosaurs or humans? Who, who's your film I, about? I, I am very emotionally attached to Blue the dinosaur. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and she... There wasn't enough of her in it, frankly. Yeah, let me... They treat Blue in this film the same way they treat Cyclops in X-Men 2. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point, good point there. That, that's, all, I, that's all I'm going to say. Well made. I mean, I mean, my thought is it was just purely for making money because at the moment these things and it probably will make money and if if it was a seven-year-old or someone like that they would they would probably really enjoy it and i'm not saying holly my super girl i'm not saying saying i'm seven saying i'm seven seven, i am seven okay okay okay, let's put it this way i have a nephew who was probably seven or maybe even five when the first jurassic world was released and Mm -hmm. loved it so there's a whole generation for who Jurassic World is their Jurassic Park. So it's and and that's that's okay. That's okay. I mean the, these these films apart from the second one which I really really think was dire. <laughs> they they're not bad. They're not bad. It's just when the, they have a promise and they don't quite deliver on the promise. And the promise of uh, they, they also give you glimpses of what the promise could be and then they chuck it for some other com- contravened story or like you know it's just kind of uh, anyway contrived that's what I'm looking for contrived yeah. story that just kind of like is you can see them you can almost see the bean counters going okay so um, Chris Pratt plus Bryce Dallas Howard plus uh, Jeff Goldblum plus Sam Neill plus Ellie Sattler on the screen at the frame at the same time equals money <laughs> but but there is there is there, uh, but I agree with you, Sean, on the inconsistencies. Like because there's a bit there's a bit that has like you know locusts on fire, locusts on fire, and there's a bit where a dinosaur essentially they it, with a bit with within five minutes a dinosaur has an in, has an interaction with a locust on fire. The first time it's treated as nothing. The second time it's treated as this really really big deal, and there's no difference. And you're like wait 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 wait. 
what happened what happened between those two <laughs> what happened between those two shots to make that have that different of a but it's kind of like uh uh hollywood magic yeah so but anyway I'll, i will i will i will stop then how many stars would we give this unless anybody has anything else they want to say about this i would just just like to to add that i agree with all of your criticisms and i don't care. <laughs> and you don't care <laughs> you don't care well done holly well done holly i i i love i appreciate the self-awareness yeah. That's so it. how it's great yeah how many stars would you give this i'm holly. giving it five Okay. <laughs> five. Not, that doesn't fit with our criteria. So, right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start giving some five then. But... Made me so happy. Well, that's good enough then. That's but it warrants a five for the joy I felt. Oh, okay. So we we have figured this out. We that we had this the other. Day. I mean, I can't remember what film it was that I saw that I said it was a five star viewing experience for me, but I I had to admit it was a three star film. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think this probably this probably falls into that bracket yeah. as well. But I'm still, I'm probably still inclined to give it a four because I think they did manage to do it. Give it a five, it's Holly. It's all right. you, I mean, if you enjoyed it. That's what cinema's it all made, about. It yeah. made me so happy, and I thought they did pull it together well in an illogical fashion to make lots of money. Um, but it looked beautiful, and just the references that the, the throwback references were a thing of joy for me so oh, yeah all right okay cool and so that's a four did you do, did we settle on a four no i'm giving it a five I'm okay not, cool we're going to do a five short short what do you reckon for me i yeah I, I i didn't really enjoy this film it didn't it didn't really do it for me yeah i was gonna say i probably for me i mean i can only give it should be do you reckon it's too harsh but i'll give no i'll give it a two i'll give it a two okay cool and for me it's a three. Me. <laughs> i said there might be a fight the moment fight. to be honest with you it wasn't as it, it was a lot more civil than i thought it would be so yeah, yeah. Uh, and for me i'll give it a three i'll, I'll give it a three because i think that there are there are there, moments in it there, there are moments in it there are moments in it. i mean like the first time we see the locusts that is actually the first time we see the locust. I thought that that was a well-directed sequence. It was, it was, it was a bit birds. It was a bit like the birds like. I thought and, exactly that. Yeah, it was, it was a bit the birds like, and I felt con and it's funny how the characters who I felt most scared for in the entire film were those two at the beginning, where the locusts show up, who were only yeah. on screen for like five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was exactly yes, the, the ones my... you're supposed to care about, man. <laughs> My, my personal opinion was that I was thinking if, it, if there was something that was that bad, there would have been a worldwide thing to destroy them because they, they, I, I can't see in the world that they would have put up with. It's just like, oh, yeah, they're sweeping across America. Oh, look, they're taking all the things like that. They'd have had, like, flame things and things to destroy them. They just wouldn't have put up with it. Well, 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 the world wouldn't have put up with that. They couldn't. Okay, okay, sure, sure, you say that, right, but the thing is, like, we've actually had swarms of locusts and stuff like that destroying huge swathes yeah, of know, cops. Yeah, I know, but not... not <laughs> like that, he, they, he, 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 he crops and nothing's I been done. I know the GM ones weren't getting touched, but that they would that size tozing. You know yourself, locusts. What? They're, they're, they're this yeah, size, locusts are usually that. These it, these are like massive know, ones. And they do devastate plagues of locusts. But if you if you, you see a plague of locusts that size, there'd be okay. nothing. You see now, no now, Sean, and and this is why I think they should have. I wanted to see more of the world at large. Maybe they were de too busy dealing with all the dinosaurs. <laughs> Possibly, possibly. Yeah, so, I just, so, uh, I just uh, think uh, that they, would have been, that uh, would have been, that would have been, they'd have but, really gone. To, but, but, was, but at the, the same thing time, is they didn't, 
they, the people were like, oh, yeah, it's just, just accept it as part of the thing. But so, yeah, you have got a point there. Is, that, uh, that but, but also, dinosaurs, maybe we'll accept giant locusts. Also, also, but also the thing is, as, as well, at the same time, going into the corporate espionage thing and... I'm thinking, think about Don't Look Up. So in the film Don't Look Up, you had like the Mark Zuckerberg, Stephen Jobs character, where they try and do the logical thing because it would benefit him not to do the logical thing. He lobbies for them not to do the logical thing. And and because in this whole thing, you have Biosyn and Biosyn are essentially, this thing is working for us. I can imagine that they were doing a lot of lobbying to make sure that this thing doesn't get dealt with. Okay, yeah. Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, but but you see, there's like two different films in this thing and they needed to explain them both better. But, but another quick question about it: Was the company called Biosyn in the first film? I don't remember. I'm going to have to. I'm, yeah, I'll, 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 I'm going to, to be watching and find out. I remember that. I remember that the original company that did it, like John Hammond's comedy company, was called Engine. Engine. Mm. But I can't remember what the what the competitor was called. I just remember. I it. Could have been Biosyn. Anyway, I'm going to find out. Do we do we want Sharon to come in now? We want to take Yes, Sharon? yes, let's give Sharon a call. Let's give Sharon because Sharon has decided that she's staying out of this until It's gonna she... be great. We will have to say dead quiet on that and um we won't we won't say nothing for we, now. We would, and what we'll say... do when Sharon sees it, she can give us a yeah. she will give a she will give a totally unbiased opinion. So Good good thing, Sean, because I totally forgotten about giving Sharon a call to come back in. Let's give her a call. Call in Sharon Bollen. Sharon, Hello. Sharon, Sharon, you can come in now. We have finished talking about Jurassic World. Okay, then I shall get my, I'm on my phone because we haven't got much longer, have we? So I think I'll join you on my phone for last. Uh, I don't know, Jurassic, Jurassic World took a lot of time. So, so, really, really but, long but, time. But we should have about 15 minutes left. So yeah, j- jump off okay. on the phone. <laughs> I'll get on my phone on then. I'll, see, yeah, I'll join you in a minute. <laughs> see you in a sec. Bye. Bye. So... Now, this is me trying to get onto Apple TV Plus and watch everything that they have before my five-month trial finishes. Sharon, have you mind to get your Barclay card thing working? Yes, I did, and I have watched Schmigadoo. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay, cool. At the end, at the end, at, at the end let us know what you knew about, let us know what you knew about Schmigadoo at the end of this. But... So that is the only thing I watched this week. I watched the entirety of Schmigadoo. Shmigadoon, yay, Shmigadoon. But the other thing that I have watched on um, Apple TV Plus this week is Slow Horses. Now, Slow Horses is based apparently on a series of books by a guy called, a, a writer called McHaren. And this is, he's kind of like an, I would say almost like an updated version of like, you know, the sort of John Le Carre, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, where the whole idea behind it is that spy work is not glamorous. <laughs> and and the, this kicks off and you have a character who's called River, River Cartwright. And River Cartwright is a trainee spy. And it kicks off with this whole airport because obviously the, the spy, so it has to be airports. It's an airport set sequence where they're trying to figure out who has a bomb. Who has a bomb, figure the intelligence, catch this person, make sure that the bomb doesn't go off. And that's what the whole opening sequence is all about. Really, really well done sequence. Really, really sort of like high ratchet. It's almost like something out of one of the good born movies. And what you find out is that something goes wrong. Like when he's on this on his, on this exercise, something goes wrong on the, on this job, and he gets he ends up being sent to a place called Slough House. So the next time you see him after this opening sequence, he's in a place called Slough House, and Slough House is run by a an old an old sort of like Cold War era spy called Jackson Lamb, played by Gary Oldman. Another Tinker Tailor Soldier spy, sort of like you know, link there. 
played by Gary Oldman, Jackson Lamb. And the first time, and to give you an example of what this guy is like, the first time you meet Jackson Lamb, he's asleep, he farts, and he farts so much that he wakes himself up. He farts so much that he wakes himself up, and like he sleeps in his office, he lives all there, there's cigarettes, he's always smoking, always drinking something. This place is like in somewhere in Barbican, behind all these back things. It has a front door that doesn't open, but these people still work for MI5. And it's essentially the house you send all the people who have messed up. So everybody who works in here, they're all spies who work for MI5, but they've messed up in one way or another. And so they've been relegated, so to say, to Slough House. And they're called slow horses because they don't do anything. They don't get involved in operations. They just do admin. They just do all that kind of stuff. And Jackson Lamb does a lot to make sure that it stays that way. That all these people here, he he's constantly calling them useless. There's a bit in the trailer for the for the first season where somebody, one of his people says, oh, I didn't mean to kill him. And it's like, of course he didn't mean to kill him. If you meant to kill him, he'll still be alive. And <laughs> those are the kind of things that he says. And he just constantly berates everybody who works for him. But then there is something comes up and it seems like even though the people in Slough House are not supposed to get involved in operations, they're involved in an operation and then they're trying to figure out, okay, what on earth is going on here? Why are we involved in this operation? And because River Cartwright is trying to get back to, they call it the park, which is Regent's Park, the MI5 office. He's trying to get back into the good books. He's trying to get back to the premier leagues of spyhood, so to say. He's trying to do all these different things to show that, yeah, 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 I'm worthy. I'm still a spy. I've still got it. Please, please put me back in the game, coach. <laughs> and it, And then you have Kristen Scott Thomas, who plays the head of MI5 who has like this sort of rivalry going on with the Gary Oldman character of Jackson Lamb and it shows up that as the show goes on things are afoot and things aren't quite what they seem and there's essentially like a conspiracy and it's all about people in Slough House and Jackson Lamb even though he doesn't want to be bothered and he doesn't want to get involved slowly being pulled in and slowly his team being pulled in to try and figure out what is going on and what is our part to play in it. I loved this. I thought it was really, really good. It's like high-end spy TV stuff. It was it the it really gets across the whole point that look, spy work is not glamorous, but at, but towards the end, it it's it's so I think the the angle that it takes on it is one that you might only you haven't really seen much. As I said, you have seen it in some bits of things like Sinker Sailor Soldier Spy, but it isn't glamorous. It's just kind of a, it's about the detecting and it's about the figuring out and it's about how you go from this bit to that bit to that bit. Towards the end, it goes a bit 24, but uh, but you'll allow it that because you have to have a conclusion to a story. You have to have a conclusion to a story. So I thought it was really, really good. I thought that the acting across the board was brilliant with Gary Oldman, Kristen Scott Thomas, Jack Loudon, Olivia Cook. Um, they, they, I thought that it was just brilliant. I thought that they, they, it was really, really good. I would give this a four out of five. And as I said, Sean, I think you would really like it because I think yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's up your, it's, I think it's up your, this makes sense street. <laughs> I, I think that I think it, I think it's up your this makes sense street. So Sharon, if you're looking for a a recommendation for the next thing to get to get into on Apple TV Plus, I would recommend Slow Horses and also Severance. That's another show I'm watching, which I might finish by next week because, as I said, I've I have five months. I've got to make good use of my five months. Yes, yeah, I'm signed up for the five months as well. It took me a long time to find it. <laughs> yeah, I went yeah. into the web because I went into like the members area, couldn't find it. I had to not, log out of the members area and go into like the yeah it's the customers only thing exactly just the Barclay card thing Barclay yeah it's the Barclay card, yeah. card thing yeah. Mm -hmm. It, it it's they have they do seem to hide it a bit because I think they want to give it to you but they want too many people taking it up mm. so, so 
So yeah, but if you do that, so slow horses, four out of five, I think it's really good. And it's one of the best things I've seen Gary Oldman do in ages. Where you can, you, like you, Sean, you were talking earlier about like, you know, actors looking interested in what it is that they do or just collecting mm. their paycheck. And this is Gary Oldman looking interested. So much so that there's a scene with him singing the Proclaimers 500 miles <laughs> in a car, wow. which is, it's, it's good. It's good. So if you can, if you can go watch um, Slow Horses. And now we go back to cinema. And on cinema, so that was so much quicker than Jurassic World, wasn't it? But <laughs> And now back on cinema, we have a film. Sean has done it again. Sean has managed to go through cinema and f- f- squirrel out a film that nobody else knew was actually, actually existed. Yeah. And this is a film called All My Friends Hate Me. All so, My Good Friends. That, it was quite funny. So I went, I went also, to... The... All, all My Good Friends Hate Me. Yeah, yeah all, my, all My Friends Hate Me. All My all Friends my Hate Me. All My Friends Hate Me, yeah. Okay, um, cool. This was quite funny because I went into the cinema and blow me, there's a guy that worked at the Isle of Wight one that has oh, transferred, yeah. was transferred over there. So I had a good old chat with him for a little while, but I'll, I'll tell him more about that later. So yeah, I'm like, wow, what are you... And we had a talk. So down to this film. This film is something I think Sharon and possibly I would absolutely adore. So basically it's a story. Uh, it, it's a bunch of university friends. They haven't seen each other for a while. It's, it's this this person's birthday and um they're all meeting up at this well it's a, a a massive stately home farmhouse sort of thing that is owned by one of his university friends called that's george and fig they're sort of married to each other there's an ex an ex-girlfriend um there as well claire old flame there's a uh, archie who's just like a total toff imagine boris johnson on on just shed loads of alcohol yeah, rather anyway, not, but yeah. So, so he goes off. He, he he's got his new girlfriend, and so he leaves his girlfriend. Says, "I'm going with my university friends." And he's, he loses his way a little bit. So he asks an old boy, old country boy, you know, oh, "Do you know where this place is?" And he goes, "Yes, I do. I know where that place is." And there's this little pause. He says, "Can you tell?" Anyway, so there's this. He meets okay. He turns up at the house. It's open. He goes in. No one's there. So he's sitting there, all, all lonely, having a beer, thinking, mm, "What's that?" And then his friends come up. They say, "Where were you? Where were you? We left the, we left the, um, note for you. You know, to meet us down the pub. We've been down the pub and all that." So he's like, "Oh, okay, missed you." And they brought back this, this sort of a real Darcy, or Devon, because it takes place in Devon. A real sort of this, this brings this character back who makes him feel a little bit threatened. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. And then there's other stuff that goes on, like he imagines they're talking about him and. He goes to sleep and he hears laughter and all that. And they say, oh, yeah, what about Claire? You know, Claire's girlfriend, she did something when you left her and all that. And it's becoming more and more. And you are thinking, you never know what is so good about this. You never know if it's just his paranoia. If it was me, it would have been paranoia. And I never got the hell out of Dodge. I just thought, I yeah, know with this nonsense. But anyway, so it goes on, it goes on. And he thinks this this stranger from the pub is 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 going to... Uh, you know, he it, it gets more and more paranoid, basically. And then there's a scene like out of Straw Dogs where you get they go on a shoot, and so you got all the country people there going on. And yeah, this is this is this is a really really interesting, great, well acted movie. You know, the characters you can't really they're sort of you hate them, but you've got a little <laughs> bit of sympathy with them as well. You know what I mean? So like, well, like is, the, is it one of those things where you hate them, but you also know somebody like that? Yeah, you know somebody like that, and you can have a little bit of sympathy with them, like like you know, like the really posh 
drunkard. You know what I mean? He's like, Tim, nice but dim, but you know what I mean? So, yeah, so there's all things. They put a party on at the pub and you've got all this, this, you know, don't go back. This guy chases him with an axe. But it just, anyway, it's just, he gets totally, totally paranoid. His girlfriend turns up and then he thinks that he gets even worse and it comes to this, this, this big reveal at the end. So how much time have I got left? You got um, a minute, a minute or oh, right, okay. seconds. So, so basically, it's like bits of comedy, horror films. It reminded me very much of one of those Pete Walker 1960s type, 1970s type horror moments. You know, like um, House of Hammer type things. You know what I mean? With the with the woods and the strange folk and what have you. But this was this was this was class. This was a All class right. movie, so, and so I, I mean... recommend. How many I stars? Would you, how many stars would you give it? Oh, this is this. I know we were talking about earlier with Holly, but for me, this would be a five star, and I recommend if you get a chance to see it, Sharon. Okay. Anyway. Well, okay, now we've had this for a couple of weeks now, and this there seems to be there seems to be a a, a vein of British films that are being released that are really good, but are not anywhere that people can watch. So no, it's like. So yeah. like Sean is like, I would recommend you catch this, and I'm like, yeah. So let's have a look. Closest place to me is an hour and a half away. An hour and a really? half away. Really? Again? Again? Yeah. yeah. Again? Yeah. An hour and... So I'm 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 close to Birmingham. You think, okay, that's a student town. They should show something like this. But I can, I have to go to either Gloucester or Northampton to watch oh. this film. And so we had this last week with the outfit. We had this the week before with I mean, or not not so long with the Roadhouse. These yeah. are all these films that Sean goes and squirrels out, finds them and says, oh, it was amazing. You should go watch it. And we're like, we can't. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, I mean, as I say, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought this was, I couldn't wait to tell you about it, actually. I they almost went out and said, Sharon, see this movie, mate. Uh, it's good. It was like the other one, the um, the one I said about the other day. These The outfit. These, these yeah, these, these, um, these films would be it's such a shame they don't go to the, the island you know because because oh, apparently sure what we have what we have found is that these films don't go anywhere don't go anywhere no. <laughs> it's not they don't go to the island they don't go anywhere and they it do, says I that know. this is a and it's, it's it's put this film as a 2021 film yeah i i feel um i feel that i think like the blockbusters i don't seem to like all the ones that make all the money and then i see these type of films and you know, it's just, I mean, the atmosphere was there. They were funny, but it was just, you know, it's, it was just the whole, the whole thing worked. So, and, and it was believable, you know, but as I say, for me, after about the second day, maybe even the first day, I'd have probably gone home. <laughs> I would have got, I would have got. Oh, oh you, mean, oh, you mean, you mean, you mean, been in this way. Yeah. Oh, oh, and Sean, I think looking at the cast list, the guy who I am, who I'm, who I think would have played the posh one. Is, was is, was that character called Harry? Harry, well, no, no, Harry was the he, no, he's the dude that um, comes, okay. he's the dude from the pub. Okay, okay, cool. So Harry, the dude from the pub. Archie he, was Ar- Archie was the uh, was okay, the, cool. um, All right, I see. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see his face, Graham Dixon. Yeah, he does look like he would yeah, be good at doing yeah. posh. So, but anyway, but anyway, the, the guy who played Harry, Dustin Demi Demery Burns, he's also in Slow Horses. So <laughs> really, all oh, right, yeah. okay, that would yeah, be good then. Cool. So now we carry on to uh, after all my friends hate you. We carry on to the final thing of or that we're rating this film bef- this week before Shangus tells us what she thought about Schmigadoon. And now this is Love Life season two. 
So Love Life Season 2, this is based, this is um, on BBC iPlayer, I saw this. And there's a Love Life Season 1, and this, this is, uh, it's a, each season of this is self-contained. And it's usually talk, going through the love life of somebody in 10 episodes, like different relationships that they've had at different points in their life. The first season, it was Anna Kendrick. It was Anna Kendrick, and you met her, and it was like, you know, um, uh, the relationships that she went through, and not just like romantic relationships, because there's one that focuses on the relationship with her mother, for instance. And um, and I really like Love Life Season 1. Now, Love Season 2 has decided we've done Darby, that's her character. We're now going to go into another character, and we're going to go into a character called Marcus, who is played by William Jackson Harper, who some of you might recognize from The Good Place. He played Chidi in, in The Good Place. And it's pretty much the same the same format. The idea is that when you meet him, he's he's married, he's an interracial marriage, and he meets this other woman outside uh, uh, outside a uh, um, outside a wedding that occurs in season one with Darby. Also, one of Dar after outside Darby's wedding, he meets this other woman, Mia, and they start chatting and everything like that. And then he starts finding out that maybe he isn't quite happy in his marriage, or maybe he is. Maybe he's just having like you know itchy feet or his seven year itch or anything like that. And then you go through the different sections or the different, you go through 10 different relationships that this guy has that lead to, you know, finally finding what love is for him. And it's, and that's pretty much what love life is. It's pretty much it is. It goes through, it's observational. It goes, like there's the, there's a one night stand that he hooks up with where the, where the woman ends up being younger than he thought and she's in university and he's thinking, I'm too old to be in a university dorm. What the heck am I doing here? There's a relationship that he kind of thinks Usually he overthinks everything, so he decides, I'm not going to overthink anything, I'm just going to go into it. And then he goes into a relationship, and then he realizes after a while, this was a mistake. This, it goes into lockdown, and it goes into what happens with relationships and lockdown, and what, like, that kind of effect that will ha actually have on you and all that. So I, I like the idea of this season, of this show. I think it is a well-executed thing. I, however, think that season one was probably a bit better. Because season two ends up being not so much just about him, but it's almost kind of like a romantic comedy where it's about it's kind of like you have a meet cute at the beginning and then you have like all these different relationships that go on but it keeps going back to this one relationship and this one relationship keeps standing off uh, over and above every every other one and it kind of ends up in a place that you think it will end up um by the time it finishes i was kind of hoping it's like you know you just want somebody to be happy <laughs> you just want, you just want somebody to be happy you want somebody to find something that looks like love and so even though i was thinking well if that happened oh that would be a bit too oh maybe they're gonna do this maybe they're gonna do that well if they did that it might be more interesting but my god that would be heartless and this was this was going around my head so in the end i was kind of like yeah that ended in right about the right place i'm happy where that ended but it was a bit predictable so i would give this um i would give this three out of five i think that there's some really good things that it does there's some things that it talks about it talks about uh, it talks about race. It talks about like you know a black person working in a you know mostly white area because obviously there's the section on the lockdown. There's also a section that has to do with Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter and the lockdown are inextricably linked. They happen at the same time, and so it goes through all those sort of things. And I think it has some good observations. But all in all, I was kind of like it's a bit of a romantic comedy with some good observations. So I'd give it a three out of five. So that's three out of five for Love Life season two on BBC iPlayer. And now that we have got all that out of the way, I guess all that is left to do is to, A, let's figure out who do you think has won this week. So, Sharon, we've only had four, uh, we've only had four things, two things in cinema, two, two things at home. You have seen some of the discourse that has happened on, uh, on what's the other thing, WhatsApp, before this came up. And you have heard three of the reviews today, two of the ones on Netflix, one of the ones in cinema. Who do you think has won this week? 
Well, as Shawnee's was a five for cinema, um, I I'll probably say cinema. Well, hopefully that will swing it. Okay. All right. Cool. Sean, Holly, what do you guys think? I think cinema. Cinema. Holly's thing. Cinema. Cinema's got it this week. After a few weeks of streaming, I'm pretty certain that cinema would have nailed it this week. After a few weeks of streaming, cinema has nailed it this week. Cinema's got it with an average of 4.16, and streaming only gave us a 3.33. But and but I think but okay, if I may, because every now and then on this on this podcast, we do get a little bit highfalutin as to why is cinema, what is the point of cinema, why, and all that. (laughs) And I think this week, cinema has shown us the things that pretty much only cinema can do. Yeah. So something like Jurassic World, the fact that Holly had all the feels and all the excitement and all the five-star watching experience could and probably... And wearing a T-shirt for it. You, you were wearing... I was wearing, a, I was wearing a, you know, Dinosaur Eats Man T-shirt. <laughs> Have you got any of the toys? Have you got any of the toys? Sadly, no. Yeah, I think that it could that could only have happened on a big screen, and that is yes, so. Cinema yeah, yeah. comes in that and is says, what "Cinema is." Yeah, cinema goes. Even if the film or the story might not work for you, we will give you a spectacle, and that's what yeah, cinema yeah. can do. Yeah, cinema. Uh, that's what cinema is. I, I, I think I, the joy with watching those those indie films at the cinema is you can concentrate more on them. I think you know, like the films I watch, like like all my friends hate me. Yeah, I could yeah. be totally focused on that. Whereas I think sometimes, just sometimes, if there's a film that is in that vein. Yeah. You know, you, you you can sometimes get distracted easy if you're at home watching it on TV. Whereas if you're at the cinema, you, you take it all in, you take in the, the whole peripheral film, you know. So yeah. So yeah, but no, I know cinema's made for that. And and, and yeah. I also and also and also I also think that when you find a film, because for instance, this is a film that you didn't hear about before you watched it. Mm-hmm. And when when you find a film like that in the cinema, there is almost more of like a bit of like an earth treasure thing. And I know this sounds extremely pretentious, but it's also, it's almost kind of like, you know, an, an earth treasure that you found and it's like, Oh, this is just for me. I'm the only one who knows about this whole thing in the whole world, which I think you wouldn't, it's not quite the same when you just stumble across it at, you know, 10 PM on BBC four <laughs> at home. All right, cool. So that is that done. Um, so we're going to do Sharon. Tell us what you thought about Schmigadoon quickly, mm-hmm. and then we'll go for Sean's final picture quiz behind his head. So, Sharon, go for it. Yeah, I, would, I thought it was a hoot, really. <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it I did wreck I liked, I must admit, I did particularly like the carousel references. Yep. Where, mm-hmm. um, with the the Barker, <laughs> as it was called in carousel, I did think, yes, I like that particularly. Well, was, that, was that the, was that the um, Rapscallion? The Rapscallion. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Basically, nearly every everything he sang, everything he did, was basically lifted straight from Carousel. So did he? Have, did he have, even have the striped T-shirt? <laughs> no, he had the sort of the the one the really high waist trousers and the, the sort of sweater oh, and, and the flat you know, cap. I'm, gonna, I'm so gonna have to see this. I'm, I am so gonna. Sure, sure. I think you'd love it. Where he says, "Hey, why am I thinking about falling in love with you? Why are you making me think?" Is that as much a lie from Carousel? <laughs> <laughs> and so, he does a, he does a soliloquy about his my boy Bill, and then oh, <laughs> so um, the way he does like a sort of soliloquy, the same sort of thing in this. So mm. yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And I must admit, the, the funniest moment was probably inadvertent. I was watching the Sound of Music episode. <laughs> and I was song, as you were aware of, when um, it started the very beginning, and then my brother walked in just as they started singing. 
trying to explain that one. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't remember this is Sound of Music. No, you don't. Because <laughs> he stopped dead, he went, what is this? <laughs> and then a couple of minutes later, he says, is it supposed to look like that? I said, it's a piece of 1940 musicals. <laughs> I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> you go. Uh, no, no. I, I, I might, I might go back and watch Megadoon. I mean, because it's only six episodes and they're all like half an hour. It's brilliant. <laughs> so I think if you know films like yeah, Carousel, Sound of Music, State Fair, Seven Brides, wow. um, references to the, the Music Man. Um, I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't realize that it, there was separate episodes based on each musical on a different. Oh, no, music. No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, you might have one episode that has like. Three or four musicals thrown in there, right? Okay. So, so it and, and yeah. Yeah, but some of them have like a stronger theme than others, where you think yeah. that is they've obviously gone taken the yeah, the yeah, this is funny. There's some excruciating moments as there are in musicals because yeah. you do get a little insta love where they walk along and they're like, oh, not singing, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so there are moments of where you think. I've seen that film. <laughs> I thought it was a hoot. It made me laugh. Yeah, it made me appreciate musicals for just well, how ridiculous they really are. But I still love them. Yeah, so I thought it was it was an affectionate um, sort of spoof of, of of musicals of a certain era, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Uh, we're glad. I'm glad because it's, it's always a bit of a fear when you recommend something that you, you end up being wrong. And I'm glad, Holly, that we were not. <laughs> we were 100% not. Right, cool. Now, until next week, uh, I'm not even sure whether that bit's going to be in <laughs> the edits because I'm going to try and cut it out and put it to a movie quiz. But until next week, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Ooh, next week is Thor. Thor, Love and Thunder. <gasps> yeah, we got Thor. We got Elvis. Okay. Oh. Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, next week might be cinema. Could cinema could could mm. cinema could bring the good big guns on next week, or cinema could wet the bed. And, and there's that one I think called the Black Telephone as well. Oh, the Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. Black Hall. Phone, yeah. And the Black Phone. I have to do a trip without my cinema buddies then, just to catch up. <laughs> All right, cool, yeah, good stuff. I'm already checking the listings for next week on Odeon. Yeah. In the meantime, Sean Schmegadoon. And um, Sh yep. Sharon, okay. Sharon, slow horses. Right. We've we've got to we've got to rinse these. I have, I have, Apple TV I have, I have and Sharon, Jurassic World, Jurassic World as well. You've got oh yeah. You've, 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 you've,